previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. Man, I don't know what to do with you anymore. I'm sorry, okay? First, you barge in here without knocking and interrupt my beautiful piano solo. Then you blow up my favorite submarine? And to top it all off, you ate all the chicken in my refrigerator. If you really knew what was going on here, you wouldn't be putting chicken in your refrigerator. What are you talking about? Peter Talbot is dead. And I found a magic box. Peter Talbot? That annoying solicitor? Yeah, he had your name in his pocket. But that's not important right now. What's important is the magic box. It's incredible. Whatever you imagine, anything in the world, you imagine it and it appears in the box. I'm sure that's what they told you. No, it's true. Come look. Imagine something. And I'll open the box and it'll be there. Okay. uh, Okay. I'm imagining two hamsters running on a giant wheel. Nice. Great, great idea. But wouldn't you rather imagine some old guy tied up in a chair? Why? Wait, did you tie up an old guy and put him in the box? And also, did you kill Peter Talbot? I'm calling the cops. Phone's right over there. Wait, what? <gasps> ah! Hey, everybody. Welcome to See You. In Another Life Brothers. Yo, bro, what's happening? Not too much. Yeah, just ready to talk lost. You know what? Me too. You know, sometimes I feel like we try to do gimmicks at the, the beginning of these things. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I try to come in and do something like, I'm a pirate or something. Have I ever done that? Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like I did a pirate one one time. Oh, um, you've done it many times. Yeah. Actually, it's probably a crutch at this point. I just do every episode like I'm a pirate. Um, I, I was surprised you didn't today. So yeah. yeah. And we usually cut those out. That's why the listeners are probably confused. I usually start every episode like I'm a pirate. And then you're mm-hmm. like, we can't keep that in. So mm-hmm. cutting room floor. But anyway, I think this time we should just, no gimmicks, straight up and say, we just want to talk about loss. We don't want to, mm-hmm. you know get into the nitty-gritty of oh what's going on in your personal life or any of that stuff that's for off mic this is lost right we are we're getting straight to it and we are not gonna cut out our uh discussion about the pirate stuff we're leaving that in today we're leaving it in we'll leave it in this is no this is unfiltered this is the show Mm -hmm. um but actually i kind of did want to talk about my personal life for a second oh okay just kidding. We're talking lost. Ah. Ah. All right. John Locke, right? John. Mm-hmm. John. Boneheaded move. Locke. <laughs> he, uh, he just embraces. I feel like this episode is him just straight up embracing. I am just going to do the boneheaded move. I'm just going to yep. do it. Yep. That's that's a that's a very cute and fun way of putting this episode is about being <laughs> stuck in a depressive cycle. Yeah. <laughs> this is what, yeah. This is probably 
one of the most, I mean, on the surface, it's a crazy episode because it's like, we find out how Locke, you know, wound up on a wheelchair and they're, and mm-hmm. we're with the, and we're, we're infiltrating the others and there's all sorts of interesting things happening here. And there's mysteries. It's really about what happens when you get stuck mm-hmm. in kind of the wrong mindset basically that's what john locke is he's stuck um and and it answers an interesting question i think in the context of the series because you got a lot of characters in the show that are you know you got two different types you got the manipulators and you got the people who are as it was put in um, further instructions optimal for coercion or amenable for coercion you got these Mm -hmm. two types the manipulators and the easily manipulated. Mm-hmm. What is the proper response of the easily manipulated? Is it when it's clearly it's not fair, as Locke puts it, that these people are just getting away with this. But is it the proper response to try to, you know, beat to to, to go up against those people, or is there another way? Yeah, totally. Well, and it's also interesting to see. Um, I was, I was reading some old reviews of this episode, uh, that people had done, um, kind of, you know, just gathering my thoughts about the episode and everything. And one, one, well, actually a couple different interviews pointed this out, but it, I just thought it was an interesting thing that they were talking about how this episode kind of, you know, the flashbacks often are there to show us, you know, like the the person's life in mm-hmm. contrast to where they are on the island you know yeah. like uh especially in like season one that's that's really you know showing us like what were they like before and what are they like now and people were pointing out that like this is a really interesting episode for Locke because he's at maybe one of his well, maybe not most sympathetic places off the island because he's been pretty sympathetic in a lot of the flashbacks where it's just like, oh gosh, this is so heartbreaking. You know, you feel for him. Mm-hmm. But you feel that here for him, especially because you see like the origin of uh, him being in a wheelchair and just that awful thing. His own father tried to kill him, you know. Juxtapose that with him on the island at at this point in the series, maybe like the least relatable place we've seen him because he's straight up, his mission is to blow up the submarine that will allow one of our heroes to leave the island, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just bent on doing that. It's yeah. like, how did we get here? You know, I just think that's a really interesting point at this point in the series where Locke, Season three lock really is like a dividing line for him for the series where he goes from being one of the castaways we know to sympathizing or like kind of joining the others as well as just like this, this uh, community of the island, you know, he's Mm -hmm. embracing the island here uh, in a way that he hasn't in the past. Uh, to drastic measures like using c4 so yeah yeah he's he's just completely severing ties with this group of people yeah 
Um, and that's kind of startling. And uh, yeah, obviously his mission, like we're just kind of confused by Locke there for a while there. Why is, you know, why, why did he take the C4? Why is he acting so angsty? Why is he playing chess? Why is he doing, why is he really <laughs> just kind of being almost like a, like a petulant child? Um, and here we finally get the reason and it's to blow up a submarine. Uh, mm-hmm. So on the surface you go, what's going on here uh, with Locke? And I think uh, it's interesting. You said that he, he feels very sympathetic, like in mm-hmm. the flashbacks, you know, mm-hmm. we, we can sympathize with them there. I'd push back against that a little bit and say, I feel like in both this and the flashback, the flashback mm-hmm. it's subtler, but he's also, not sympathetic in that he's making all the worst decisions when the mm. deci- when he he could have been he could have made a different choice mm. um so i want to talk about the flashbacks first to talk about and, and i feel like it's interesting because you're saying like the flashbacks are usually showing where they were and then the island is where they are i feel like mm-hmm. this is an interesting episode because they're basically the same actually mm. the flashbacks and the island it's locked stuck in the same depressive cycle um mm. and i think it, as we explore these flashbacks I'll, I'll show where i i see that anyway um yeah i think you can look at it a few different ways i think it's the key is in this first scene with him in the you know getting interviewed by the late the lady from the government um so to 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 unpack this scene real quickly. What's interesting about it is when you really pay attention, every line of this scene is, is packed with significance, which is what I love about Mm -hmm. it. It can kind of feel like a, you know, a little bit of a throwaway thing at first, like just establishing a locks kind of in a bad place is what you can see with it. But her questions to Locke are very important. She asks him first about his marital status. Nope. Girlfriend? Mm -hmm. Nope. Parents? Nope. Um, And then points out that the government is the only one at this point supporting him. So Mm. really, he's he's lost all connections except for the the impersonal force that really doesn't actually care about him um, Mm -hmm. necessarily you can see kind of a, a, a parallel to that with the monster on lock on, on the Island. Like he's <laughs> lost all connections. Mm. So the monster is the only one that's guiding him at that point. Um, yeah. But then he, then she asks him about therapy and he says, mm-hmm. I stopped going. It's a waste of time. Um, and she says, basically, well, if you decided to stop going to therapy, that means you're all better. It seems like you're all better. And he says, yes, I am, which is the exact opposite of the truth. Right. <laughs> and and the message of loss, which is that we need each other. It's live together or die alone. Locke has chosen to sever that tie too. So he's completely unconnected from everything mm-hmm. and just lost in depression, basically here is what... Mm-hmm that's how i kind of see this this scene unfold yeah yeah i the thing i thought about this scene like there were a couple things that stood out to me with it um where i like how he says you know therapy wasn't working and then she 
later says, well, you, you know, if you stopped going, you must be all better. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's not what he said. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He said it didn't work for him. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I just thought that was kind of an interesting, like, um, actually, obviously he's not doing well at all. Um, but then also just the fact that like, I love, I love the scene is so creative for the twist it pulls where you're assuming yeah, until that point that like, Oh, disability insurance, like it's because he's in a wheelchair cause you see him sitting. So it's, it's almost like the exact opposite of walkabout where mm. the whole episode, you don't realize, you know, that he's in a wheelchair and this time we're expecting him to be. And then he stands up and it's kind of just, just a very clever opening to kind of, almost like recalibrate our minds to thinking like oh yeah he he ended up in a wheelchair at some point you know just Mm -hmm. a very clever way to do that and it makes a very important point i'm glad you brought that up it's like block can have his legs and still be disabled right you give the man back his legs but he still can be caught in a cycle that just completely debilitates him and that's Mm -hmm. where he is here it's depression um yeah so yeah so and 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 i want to say at the top here terry o'quinn throughout this whole episode but just his performance in these flashbacks of playing that that type of lock that mm-hmm. this is the most just this is his lowest point um uh-huh. in these flashbacks and he plays it so well like just the way he at, walks around kind of dazed and sort of like out mm-hmm. of it um, i feel like he does a very good job well uh the emmy voters agreed with you because this is the one that he won the emmy for this episode specifically yeah uh, this is the yeah. one that he submitted for consideration and he he won this year so oh gotcha okay yeah well yeah it's a good one yep so moving up from that first scene to the next scene we see Locke in his apartment eating uh some meat and potatoes not doing too hot and i know he's not doing too hot because he's watching a show that kind of sounds like uh like a really hokey sort of spy thriller i mm-hmm. it i won't mention the name because yeah uh it just it's triggering you know for a lot of lost fans but there's a certain show that we're gonna find out mm-hmm. more about in the next episode let's just say it seems like he's watching that here We'll just uh we'll just say uh we'll leave it at a uh, razzle dazzle. Uh, razzle dazzle. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just as triggering, probably. But uh... mm-hmm. this had to be. Well, this I'm think. I was thinking about the timeline. I'm like, would he have seen her on the show? But no, it would. This would have been before her guest appearance. Because she's oh, a guest star. Oh, I don't star. even know. <laughs> In the next episode, she's a guest star on the show. So this. Because I'm like, oh, he would have seen her on TV and then recognized her. That could be a, but no. That, so they yeah. saved themselves there. <laughs> We're talking about expose. I'm sorry. I had to say it. <sighs> We're going to have to talk about say it a it lot so. next time. So I'm sorry. Yeah. But anywho, his, his viewing is interrupted rudely by this guy named Peter Talbot. Peter Talbot, just poor—he's probably got one of the toughest raps of any character on the on the show. Peter Talbot. Mm. It's just, you know, all he wanted to do was take care of his mom, and then 
he done he done got killed. But uh, spoiler alert, gets gets like one scene and then he's out of there. He's out of there. But yeah, Peter Talbot coming over, um, asking about you know Anthony Cooper, and this is this is the linchpin of the these these flashbacks for me because you know Locke's decision here to say no I don't know him it was an anonymous donation that is the fatal flaw yeah you got got a chance you got a chance to take this guy down like this kid he's with him and everything you Mm -hmm. could go to the authorities and try to bring Anthony Cooper down but instead he just keeps it to himself um Mm -hmm. It's interesting to to explore the the reasons why, which I think we do in the next scene. But here, his decision to keep it quiet is the fatal flaw. Yeah, he that that is a really interesting parallel. That in both instances, on the island and off the island, the flaw comes with him needing to take matters into his own hands, sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and in both instances, uh, kind of allows. Uh, a master manipulator to get his way, you know, with Ben and his father, <laughs> you know, that's kind of yeah. interesting. And so he, he lets him have his way. Mm-hmm. Well, so he doesn't tell Peter Talbot about him. And then he decides to go to the flower shop to go and find his father. Um, and it's interesting when Anthony, when he goes up to him and he says, he came to me and he, he was, he came to me hoping I would vouch for you. And then Anthony goes, what did you say to him? And, <laughs> and there's not, there's no response. I love that moment where he's like, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes on and he says, you're conning them, aren't you? And everything and keeps going like, but wait, what did you say to him? I didn't say anything. You could have said something, John. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he didn't say anything, it echoes an idea that you could you could interpret this episode as Locke still wants to keep hunting with his dad. And this is the mm. only way he can do it. Like, because mm. he locked him out, you know, in Deus Ex Machina. He said, go away, John, you're not wanted. And so the only way for Locke to kind of keep interacting with his father is for him to take it into his own hands and to, to confront him and to basically do this. Mm-hmm. He still wants to interact with his father, even though his father hates his guts. That's He's stuck yeah. in that depressive cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I also see like the... It's just interesting to see Locke's... Um, kind of flawed decision making uh again you know like we'll get to it later but like his words here echo um what he eventually says to ben on the island with you know like uh what does he say like it's not fair you know stuff like that like yeah and it's like well you know (laughs) of course you can complain about it all you want but he's he's a villain he's gonna keep he doesn't yeah. care about what's fair, you know, like it's, uh, and yet Locke, you know, in this really kind of depressing way, 
has to keep trying to to fight against him. That's why I say this episode asks that question. It's an interesting question to ask. Okay, it is not fair. The truth is, it is not fair. This man keeps mm-hmm. getting away with it. What's the proper response? And here, Locke says, it's not fair. You make people think they're your family, and then you leave them in ruins. And I'm not, not going to let you do it again. Mm-hmm. You're going to go call it off, or I'm going to tell her the truth. So his response is to say, it's not fair. And then I'm going to manipulate, I'm going to get the upper hand and manipulate the manipulator. I'm going to blackmail you into ending it so that that's how I'm going to win. That's how his response is to try to win at that game. Mm -hmm. And as we see, it's, you can't, it's a fool's errand to try to win at your own game. Um, Yeah. Which I kind of think Locke knows, but he's still doing it anyway to make himself feel better. Basically, that's it's it's not it's not to make any real difference. It's just to basically try to deceive himself into thinking that this is that he still can do it. This right. is something he can do, and he he just can't. Mm-hmm. Not to tell him what he can't do, but hey, 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 <laughs> that's his thing. Don't do that. <laughs> that's his whole identity. That's his. Th- that's his catchphrase. But of course, that leads into the next scene where these police officers, the ones he should have gone with Peter Talbot to in the first place, come mm-hmm. to him and give him the logical conclusion of what's going on. Yeah, Peter Talbot is um, dead, John. And uh, you should have kind of seen this coming. And maybe you did see it coming, but you were just too stuck to do anything else Mm -hmm. yeah this is the part where you know it's interesting like i always try to get back in the mindset of you know seeing this for the first time uh and it is interesting to think about like what do we know about Locke's dad so far like obviously he's a con man you know Mm -hmm. he does all this terrible stuff he steals a kidney you know it's awful but like all of a sudden it's we're adding murder to that rap sheet is kind of like, Oh wow. Yeah. That's terrible. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. wow, that's huge. (laughs) You know, that he would kill that guy. (laughs) Um, and so like this episode, you know, I always think of like the, the shock of obviously him pushing him out the window, but Mm -hmm. it's also shocking to just be like, yeah, he's, he's a true criminal, you know, like he was, he realized he was on thin ice so he he kills someone and obviously mm-hmm. how terrible that is but um like sometimes i forget about the shock value of just even that you know how how dark that gets but. well it yeah it can be shocking um but when you think about the fact that he was so callously just took a part of Locke's body um you know yeah. took the kidney this is it's just it's like the slippery slope sort of thing it's like the he's and it's it's a clear warning shot to john like mm-hmm. d- don't you dare keep trying to come and interact with me yes yeah. i will straight up kill you basically mm-hmm. which is what he tries to do um it's yeah. like the manipulator 
does not care about people at all. Like the, the, as the more and more you're into that mindset of just objectifying and manipulating and just eventually, you know, you take that to its extreme. It's just, it's murder. And so mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. It's dark, obviously. And yeah, but he's a, he's an evil character, Anthony Cooper. Mm-hmm. And Perhaps, as I'm yeah. thinking about it, like we, you know, in a few episodes, we learned about that he is also the one responsible oh, yeah. for, you know, Sawyer's parents <laughs> yeah. and all that yeah. stuff. So it's like, well, there, there's a string of dead bodies, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I guess we should have seen this coming. Well, actually, we didn't know that yeah. they were the same. So, but once we find yeah. out, yeah, it all it all holds together. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to this last scene the memorable moment of course um yeah when Locke bursts in and says tell me you did not kill him um and uh it's interesting that anthony's drinking mccutcheon and is willing Uh to offer some of it to Locke. interesting that he does he does reach out and try to hand hand that to him i just like think about that oh yeah that's like true. think about widmore and and desmond it's like it's almost like it's almost like he's trying to um invite Locke back into or i don't know maybe I think his, earn his trust or something you know just be like hey it's all good you know mm-hmm. well, he's trying to smooth it over yeah um, because Locke is onto him now too, just like Peter Talbot was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Anthony. I think this this move to push him out the window um, mm-hmm. after Locke is gonna, you know, call call her and everything. Um, you can just see that as sort of a desperate move to. Um, basically cover his tracks because otherwise Locke's going to bust him. But I think Mm -hmm. I see it more of just sort of like, okay, like cutting him out, saying you're not wanted didn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not taking the hint. So here we go. Let's just kill him. Basically is Mm -hmm. what it finally boils down to. Like it's, he knows he'll never leave him alone. Otherwise Locke has just become his son has become a nuisance to him. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think that's more of what it is than desperation because he doesn't seem like he he could still get away with it. Even if Locke tried to bust him basically, uh, mm-hmm. which he does, he flees to Mexico and gets right. away for a while until winds up in the magic box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, thinking about this scene as we're talking about it to me, <laughs> you know, like, like you were saying, uh, kind of the the unsympathetic part of this uh, flashback is like the the poor choices that Locke makes along the way, and to me this is the most like glaring bad choice because the, the to come to his hotel or whatever mm-hmm. you know because like of course he killed him <laughs> you yeah. know like it's of course and why would you not tell the police who are right there asking you about it you know um and so at this point taking matters into your own hands 
is just kind of crazy. Um, but then, of course, I think there's just part of Locke that still like couldn't believe just how um, evil his dad could be. You know, mm-hmm. like that there's still a part of him that is like, he's still my father who I can, you know, I can go and reason with him or something. And it never crosses his mind that maybe if he did truly kill that kid, maybe he would turn on me too in that same way. You know, like he, he's done so much evil stuff to him, stealing his kidney, like leaving him and everything. Even then he still can't believe that he would do something he would be a danger to him like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is again, just truly just really sad. But yeah. Yeah. His decision to. Yeah. Not tell the police like you're pointing out there. He had another opportunity. He had two opportunities in the episode yeah. and did not take either of them. Chose to instead go it alone. Like you're saying when characters go off on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and still try to do it um, and think, yeah, I can do this. I can confront him. I can do it all. Um, not not accepting any of the help that would have actually gotten the job done. Mm-hmm. I think there is an element of this episode, like just, just ask for help, John, but he never does. Um, and then it leads to, you know, fall, falling out the window and then what I, the next scene when he's in the hospital there mm-hmm. and he's in the bed and everything this this moment I didn't expect I, you know you remember all the big moments you forget about the scene afterwards where he's in the hospital and I think this is actually yeah. the most emotional and kind of oddly uplifting and beautiful scenes of the episode it comes from just a random character that has no yeah. name the doctor character yeah, you know, the, the the cops are telling him all this bad news, and he is completely immobile in this hospital bed at his lowest point. Mm-hmm. And then here comes this guy in here saying, "All right, you guys are getting out of here, and we are going to get you out of that bed." And and Locke goes, "I can't do this." And then the physical therapist says, "John, you fell eight stories and survived. I don't hear about what you can't do." which is just one of those lines that, because that's yeah. that's his line. Um, and it's a reminder that even in this dark, depressing episode, a miracle mm-hmm. happened, John. He mm-hmm. fell out of the, he fell and he survived. And there's still hope for redemption, even though he is left alone at the very end there in the wheelchair, which I think is symbolic of the, the consequences. Now he's really alone. And he's mm-hmm. really, but he still does have, now he's forced to have help, basically, which is the strange mercy, mm-hmm. like at your lowest point. Now you have mm-hmm. someone who's actually, you, you have to, yeah, you have to let him help you, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's hope in that moment. Yeah, I I totally agree. Like, I couldn't believe watching this this time that I had never caught that line before <laughs> that mm-hmm. he was, 
and I think they do a really good job that whoever the actor is that played that character, you know, yeah. in the Side one scene character does a fantastic job of not drawing our attention, you know, like, Hey, here's the line here. It is, mm-hmm. you know, his classic line. Like he just says it like such in such a normal way. Um, and it's not exactly the same phrasing as we normally hear, you know? Um, but I love, there's something cool about thinking that that that's what Locke needed to hear at this awful, you know, what maybe his lowest point. And that's enough to stay in his head. So that's like the phrase that keeps him going, you know, like the phrase that he will say when, um, when he's being uh, held back, like, don't tell me what I can't do. I can do whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's kind of a, kind of just a cool twist on that. The idea that this guy just said it to him one day, like, Hey, you survived something you shouldn't have survived. Like, I don't want to hear about what you can't do. It's, it's just a really cool twist on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Locke is a, is a product of miracles. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's what, that's what keeps it going. And it's, it's not just the miracle, but it's how you respond to it and how you, mm-hmm. where you turn afterwards. Um, and I think we're seeing that in this episode. And on the Island, we see, you know, Locke, he's had the miracle. He's had the ultimate miracle. Now he, he was in the wheelchair now he's walking he's on this island he's had these experiences and still in this epi- in this island arc mm-hmm. he's kind of still stuck <laughs> mm-hmm. so we're going to have to explore that next yep fun stuff but how about we take a quick commercial break first and we'll be right back with more see you in another life brothers after this Welcome back to See You in Another Life, brothers. Now I'm doing the robot voice. Oh man, do we have to cut this one out too? I feel like I always do the pirate voice mm-hmm. for for the first mm-hmm. segment, and then I do the robot voice for the second. Or should we leave it in too this time? I think you know what we're leaving it in this time. All right. Oh man, we're getting crazy now. Everyone's hearing to... all this. Yeah. Yeah, they get to peek behind this uh, the veil, see what 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 actually happens uncut. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that gets cut out uh, from the show. We, we do heavy editing um, when we, when we <laughs> oh, put these yeah. things together. I mean, there's always like a, a segment where I lose control of the volume of my voice, and then mm-hmm. there's another one where I'm like coughing, like like just constantly coughing. My smoker's cough comes out because I like I, I got like five packs a day, you know, uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it's usually me. I'm realizing now I'm the one that kind of derails this. I, I don't feel like we have to edit you too much. Yeah, we, we pretty much, uh, edit out, you know, these episodes, some people might think they're, they're long as they are, but they mm. have no idea how much stuff we cut out, uh, <laughs> how much is left on the cutting room floor. <laughs> yeah. I, I inevitably usually have like this theory about how how lost connects to like some sort of government conspiracy and that sort of thing. We're like, we cannot leave that in. It would get way yeah. too controversial. So, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll cut that stuff out still, but 
I'll leave in the robot voice. Yeah, let's let's maybe cut out the stuff that uh, that might be uh, that might get us canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's leave the stuff in that uh, <laughs> that the is vaguely just harmless, offensive uh... stuff I do. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> let's uh, yeah, let's cut out all that stuff. All oh, right, man. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how we can cut it out and the conversations all still totally make sense. But uh... Uh, the magic of editing technology. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, man from Tallahassee. The man from Tallahassee. What do you think of the name of this episode? I uh I think it's uh I like it. I like it because uh especially because how it comes up in the episode. Mm-hmm. Like I I like how it at first you're like is that a code, you know, and that whole thing mm-hmm. and then no, it's just literally there's a man from Tallahassee and it's a crazy twist at the end. I, yeah. I really like when the episode title has to do with like a twist at the end, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's just kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like if it doesn't really make sense until the end of the episode is, is really cool. So, yeah, it's very, it, it keeps you wondering like, why is it called the man from Tallahassee? And then, yeah, yeah, definitely very mysterious. So, let's talk about what's going on on the island. When we last left our heroes, they were watching a football game. Football! Football! Yay! Football! Mr. Friendly throws like a girl. Yeah. (laughs) That one recap video that said Mm -hmm. Mr. Friendly throws like a girl lives lives in my head still to this day. Not a great thrower. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. A great fake beard wearer. I'll give I'll give Tom that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One one of the best. Mm-hmm. But so they're still watching this game. And and Kate's perspective in this episode. I, I feel like this this subplot with her and Jack. Um I've I've been I at first I was thinking it doesn't really tie in necessarily to what's going on with Locke. It doesn't feel like it. It's just kind of in there because it has to be in there. But I do mm-hmm. feel like there's something to that where, you know, Kate is saying, what's he doing? Like she's watching Jack mm. do something that's completely seemingly out of character for Jack. And then later she says, that's not him. That's not Jack. They must have done mm. something to him. It's sort of, you could look at this episode kind of like Jack is sort of in a, in a similar state to Locke in a way because he's kind of untet. He, he he's he's gone away from the group, and basically he's he's not acting like we're used to seeing Jack act um, mm-hmm. in a way. So that 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 kind of ties in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that totally makes sense. I I just find this episode fascinating, like as we'll as we'll get there for this Jack and Kate subplot because mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of casts at least Jack especially in in a different light and I think that's just really a bold move for them to do in in the middle of a third season to kind of have us suddenly see something surprising about this character and be like okay this is a development you know Mm -hmm. and that's very similar to Locke, you know in this episode that 
he he's developing in a way that we didn't expect, you know. So. Mm-hmm. And we can't forget how I, I I I think you do this very well when you bring you bring us back because I've taken the I take these episodes for granted so much, like what goes on in them. You forget how yeah. shocking it was to see, like, you know, Jack playing football and then Jack, yeah, um, shaking hands with Ben and everything. Although we kind of knew uh-huh. he was making sort of a deal with them to go home but still just we're we're with these characters we're with Locke and Saeed and Kate and going oh this is gonna be interesting <laughs> yeah <laughs> trying to enter it's gonna be more complicated than we thought as Locke puts yeah. it yeah it really will be mm-hmm. so they kind of convene huddle up Kate's like we still have to go back Saeed's like Whoa, whoa, whoa. What if he doesn't want to be taken? Want to be saved? Being ultra-rational. Um, Saeed's got a point. Saeed kind of just gets overruled in this episode in a lot of ways, uh, by mm-hmm. the way. He's just kind of along for the ride. Um, and I think the ultimate... I, I do feel like my main... like If I'm going to have a complaint about this episode... Or like gonna mm-hmm. point point out a flaw in it because I think it's really it's one of the, the better episodes of season three really overall, but the fact that Saeed's like he points out like what if Jack doesn't want to be saved and then Locke comes in with it's Jack and everything, um, he mm-hmm. must have a good reason and and then Saeed goes, what do you suggest to this guy who's just made you follow this random <laughs> compass bearing and he's he's lied to you about the C four <laughs> suddenly Kate and Saeed are just willing to listen to Locke. well hold on they're they're listening to Locke because it's a Locke episode so of course they have to (laughs) it just needs to happen because of the plot (laughs) but still it doesn't make any sense when you think about where they've come from no we're not going to listen to this guy I mean come on he's nuts I will say even though Saeed gets a little bit sidelined in this episode, he has one of my favorite moments in the episode later on, which I'm I'm excited to eventually touch yeah. on. So mm-hmm. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a good moment. Yeah. But Locke's uh, interjection when he says it's Jack, uh, the thing, and he says the first time I saw him. He was risking his life pulling people out of burning airplane wreckage. If he's shaking hands with the others, he must have a good reason. Um, yeah. I like cool the line, line on the surface. Yeah. You're like uh, It reminds you way back to the beginning and everything. On the surface, it feels like, yeah, you know, right? But when you take a step back and realize Locke doesn't mean anything he's saying there. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he's just saying something to get them to go along with him, basically. Like Locke really does not. care about jack's reasoning here as far as like what what he's doing he really just wants to get his own way so he's just bulldozing anyway through um Mm -hmm. and it makes it interesting when he he finds out that jack's gonna try to get on the sub and leave and then he still goes and blows up the sub we'll have to talk about his reasoning for that but um Mm -hmm. Locke is really just out to get his own way here um yeah, I'll say anything to get them to go along with him. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's on a mission. He's kind of uh, yeah. I the word I keep thinking of is like Locke is like a radical in this mm-hmm. episode. Like he's you know I mean he's literally he's carrying around 
explosives and his one mission is to blow something up to destroy something um and yeah he's he's i gotta hand it to him he accomplishes his mission because he figures out exactly what he needs to do to get there with each scene you know he Mm -hmm. he is successful in this episode (laughs) you know for -hmm. better or worse but his mission literally pulls him away from other people from Jack yeah. and Sa- from Kate and Saeed and then alienates mm-hmm. him from Jack. Um, once again, as just like in the flashback, all his connections out the window just so he can do this thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. So that brings us to the night mission. All right, here's what we're going to do. So Saeed, you go out front. Kate, you go in. I'm going to go into Ben Lyman's. I mean, I'm going to go into the back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, guys. I'm definitely going to go around back and keep watch. I'm totally not going to abandon you guys. Forget everything I've done in the last few days. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if he doesn't do that, you know, he gets caught too. And then Jack and Juliet leave on the sub. And it's a very different end of season three. So. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness Locke had the boneheaded move of, you know, <laughs> going after the sub. It is kind of one of those moments, though, when you think about, like, he abandons them um, at this moment as they're infiltrating these very dangerous people's home, you know, that the others kill people and everything. Uh, and he abandons them. It's it's one of those moments like what if they had died? Yeah. <laughs> what if they had died like right that you know the others just straight up attack them, you know? Like he doesn't know what's going to happen, but no. again, he's he's got this mission at at whatever cost sort of thing. So well that makes me just think of, you know, as we pointed out at the beginning of season 3, further instructions Locke is re you know, he, he lost mm-hmm. his faith in the island and now he's, or what he sees is the island, which is really, I feel like the monster. And then mm-hmm. he re recommits basically there. Um, and the, when he was under that influence, he, he saw Boone as a sacrifice the island demanded because it was in the service of a greater, you know, what he saw was his, his purpose basically. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you say that if something bad happens to Kate and Saeed, well, it's just a yeah, <laughs> sacrifice that uh, for the greater good, basically, he could be that committed again to his mm-hmm. ideology. Just kind of a connection there. Yeah, the greater good. It's a good phrase for, you know, like that. That's kind of what he's he's after this this mm-hmm. larger thing. You guys are stuck playing like small games over here where I'm I'm seeing the big picture Locke thinks he's seeing. Yeah. So he, he's 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 on to the next level, basically. Well, you guys are still worrying about getting Jack back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that gives us a brief brings us to a brief interlude where Kate comes into Jack's place. Uh, thank goodness he didn't lock the door. That would have, you know, I guess they would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, she walks in, and he's playing the piano. And I like how mm-hmm. he's playing his own theme. Uh, that's just a really nice little 
details that so they cool. had they add in there. Uh, so cool. And I love Kate's response as she's coming in, and she's she's clearly for a moment just distracted because she's like, "Wait, he plays the piano." Sort of like it, it's a reminder of like she does not really know Jack all that well. That this is they haven't known each other for very long, and it's sort of seeing him mm. in a different context like him sitting in a she has never seen him sitting in a like a, a house too like or yeah. you know, like playing a piano um so it's a moment of just kind of feels alien like you're saying we're mm-hmm. seeing jack in a completely different light here and then his response to her like you think he's gonna be maybe happy to see her but no he's upset well clearly because they're watching him but he's mm-hmm. just like Jack feels different in this episode. That's what you're saying. What yeah. we were kind of getting at. I I've always thought this scene is one of the most just like brilliant ways to move the plot forward. Like the idea, like I mean, it's brilliant to show him like throwing around a football with the others. Like yeah. what the heck, you know? Um, and then to see him mysteriously playing the piano, it's this really slow moment. And yeah, like when he looks at her, and it's not like, Kate, you're here. It's, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, like, there, there's this urgency of, like, no, they're watching me. You know, it's like, oh, I just love how that uh, suddenly, like, your heart drops in that moment of, like, oh, shoot. You know, we miscalculated. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Like, obviously, of course, that's what's going on. Um, and then the door gets kicked down you know Saeed's there and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and it's just brilliant uh storytelling to me it's a cool scene and so it's just the two of them and it's just them right wait no there's a bald renegade (laughs) he snuck into Ben Linus's place and he's looking (laughs) for the submarine (laughs) the moment when like Ben is in there in bed like, Alex, I, I wish they would have had, <laughs> no, it's me. I'm your worst nightmare or something. But it is cool. I'm and your he's, worst nightmare. <laughs> I'm back and this time I'm mad. Remember me, Henry? I mean, Ben, I'm here for you. I do remember, you know, there are certain things you remember, you know, like the first time watching. I remember, and this is like such a cool like testament to the storytelling of Lost that when I remember when this moment when Locke, you know, has a gun pointed at Ben, you know, he comes out of the shadows and stuff, and uh, and he's like, "I'm I'm here for the submarine," mm-hmm. and I remember being like, "What? Yeah, like what are you talking about? Where did that come from?" And yet, when you watch these episodes knowing that that's coming, it's so obvious. Yeah. Like, in the moments where, you know, Mikhail mentions they have a submarine and Locke turns and looks at him in a be- bewildered way, you know, but they don't draw attention to it. But it's so cool that they've been planting the seeds that, like, oh, this is why Locke mm-hmm. grabs the C4. This is why Locke is doing, you know, this and why he acts this way. And so when you know that it's coming, it's obvious. But the first mm-hmm. time watching it, I was like, that is the biggest out of left field thing for Locke to say at this moment. Like I was so dumbfounded the first time watching it. And I just think that's that's really clever when they can 
when a twist can feel like, oh, we should have seen that coming. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Because you're thinking, okay, he's going into Ben's place. Maybe he's maybe he's going to kill Ben. Maybe he's just going straight up for the leader and everything. But no, he's going. It's interesting. His choice to go for the submarine of Mm -hmm. all things. Um, Interesting choice. Mm-hmm. And then poor Alex gets roped into it. And then uh, Tom shows up. And I think this this moment where Locke goes into the closet and uh, we get, you know, Tom and Richard in there. And it's really quick when he says, what about Juliet and Shepard? And Ben says, let me worry about them i love that moment because you could you could lose in the, the, sh- the shuffle but it's clear that they were trying to figure out any possible way like ben admits later to keep them here it's not like when you see that first you could see it as what about uh julian shepherd we have to see them on their way no we're still trying we're like last minute sort of trying to figure out any possible uh-huh. way to keep them here um and thank goodness shows up mm-hmm. and then the line i want you to bring me the man from tallahassee to richard what's that mean and this is one of three brilliant uh, ben linus is the gets the title this week of funniest character in the episode <laughs> where did that yeah. come from like he has three of the funny funny lines in this. The first one is, no, we don't have the code for there's a man in my closet holding my girl, my daughter at gunpoint, but clearly we should. Great yeah. line. There's a couple more coming up we'll be able to appreciate, but he's a regular comedian, this guy. This is, I feel like, you know, it's, this is one of those episodes where it's clear that the producers, writers, everyone realized what a gift they had found in michael emerson you know Mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you can give him the comedic lines but you can also give him um really intense scary lines too and he'll he'll do them all amazingly i also have to say like it's like a funny thing to point out but his delivery of that line i want you to get me the man from tallahassee like it takes a really good actor to deliver a line like that and not have it sound like a code, <laughs> you yeah. know, like for it. I want you to get me the man from Tallahassee. You know, it's like he just delivers it in such a way where it does sound normal, but it's such a strange phrase that Locke is like, what was that about? You know, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I just think he sells that line in a way where it doesn't feel like he's hiding anything from Locke. You know, it's it's a really clever uh, line delivery, I would say. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't, you know, you, you, you take it for granted, but yeah, that's a tough line. That's, it could be cheesy. Mm-hmm. It could easily yeah, be cheesy. Yeah, it, it sounds like a cheesy line, and he delivers it in just a really, I just, yeah. watching it was like, yeah, he's, he's a great actor. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then... Locke has Alex go get the the bag. I, I I just really touch on it very briefly. I like the, how Ben says, "You should know, John. Right, my daughter currently hates me," and oh, yeah. so, I, I, and this is just kind of another instance of the others, kind of kind of like 
how we were looking at in Stranger in a Strange Land, where they have sort of a, they don't understand how anyone could still do something nice for someone if they, you know, someone who's their enemy. Um, mm. But Alex is different here. She actually still agrees to go get the bag, even though she currently hates her father. Um, right. Pointing to the fact that, you know, she's not, she's another, but she's, she's got good genes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Rousseau, at least Rousseau once and upon a time was a kind soul. Um, and right. still is, but it's kind of under all the crazy. So mm-hmm. I just like that moment. Yeah. She was, Alex was raised by the others, but she's not one of them at heart mm-hmm. still, you know? Yep. So she goes off on her mission. Meanwhile, Ben and Locke have some quality time together. We get a few, like, that's one thing that struck me about this episode. It's very long. A lot of it is just the two of them. Like, yeah. And some very interesting back and forth dialogue uh, uh, that I I think we I le- I want to unpack here. Um, but this first one, this first scene is just... Uh, is great because of how Locke, going back to his perspective in the episode, he thinks he's, that he is going to beat the manipulator at his own game, kind of, here. He thinks he has the upper hand because he's going for the submarine and he knows what he's going to do, but Ben couldn't possibly know what he's going to do, and that just comes completely crumbling down. <laughs> um when lot when Ben just completely, you know, three D chesses him basically like yeah you, you you obviously were at the communication station so you saw the dynamite so you're gonna blow up the submarine oh that makes all Locke's just like well there goes the elemental surprise mm-hmm. and not only that but like Ben you know reveals like yeah I know all this stuff about you you know I I know where you were born and all that yeah. stuff I know how you know that you were in a wheelchair you know all that stuff and um yeah they that's another one of those tropes and lost that doesn't get old for me the character mm-hmm. being like you don't know me and he's like i know you were born in california you know they just list off stuff off the top of their head it's like yeah that's always effective <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely um another interesting thing about that scene um is where Ben, it kind of starts out with him asking Locke to help him out of the bed. Mm. He says, you of all people should understand what it is to want some dignity. Uh, Mm -hmm. I like that line because we are really kind of exploring the vulnerable sides of Locke and Ben. And they kind of chip at each other a little bit here and there. But we're really kind of Mm -hmm. seeing the underbelly of like, Ben Linus is is insecure. He's not like this super, mm. you know, well, you know, impervious villain who's just got it all together and is the master. He's showing signs of like, I, I'm I'm a little uncertain at this point, and and Locke obviously is too. He's acting very confident in this, but he's um, still. Uh, feeling insecure as well so it's interesting to see that interplay as these mm-hmm. next scenes unfold yeah yeah well 
yeah every every ben and Locke scene is always interesting like the dynamics shift so much and this is an interesting scene because like obviously Locke gets the jump on him a little bit you know i mean he's got the gun pointed at him and all that stuff but like yeah it's interesting to see because ben does want you know reveals by the end he does want him to succeed in what he's doing but then he also wants him to not know that he wants him to succeed i guess you know it's so Mm -hmm. the mind games are are interesting so yeah it's a great scene as you said Locke has the jump on him at the beginning and then ben literally disarms him basically by the end by getting him to that last line of the scene where he says tell me john did it hurt and Locke finally Mm -hmm. just admitting like yeah everything you said is true i felt my back back break what do you think um Mm -hmm. sort of like Locke is all right, you got me. Um, you're good. Yep. And I was saying that there's a bunch of Locke and Ben scenes together, but actually, uh, we have an interlude here. The next scene is Kate and Jack. We should talk about that real quick, because uh, that's yeah. that's kind of the, the end of that arc, really. Um, which, this scene, I think you were mentioning you really like this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's intriguing on a lot of different levels. You look at it from Kate's perspective. You look at it from Jack's perspective. Um, I think from Kate's perspective, it's she desperately wants to kind of reconcile with Jack. Um. And the moment where Jack says, uh, basically brings up Sawyer, and then Kate's going, oh no, what did they tell you? Like, yeah, realizing that, oh crap, that's why. That Okay, now it all, it's, it's sort of like that's the piece of the puzzle that finally, that's why he said never come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because he, uh, they obviously either told him something or he just found out about her and mm-hmm. Sawyer. Yeah. Yeah, I like I like how this scene is juxtaposed with like Kate, you know, saying things like what did they do to you and him saying nothing and her, you know, like then why are you acting like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And it in her mind like obviously, like like anyone would think um if Jack is acting this way, they they must have brainwashed him or they must have mm-hmm. they must have done something to him. But it wasn't them. No. It was her and Sawyer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and I also, I, there's just something interesting about thinking of like almost the, maybe this is a weird way to put it, but like the ethics of Jack's mm-hmm. decision. Yes. You know, like it's really interesting because we, we've been conditioned like Locke said, like, the first time we saw this guy, he was pulling people out of burning wreckage, you know, on the beach. Um, And it's like we've been conditioned to think, like, Jack won't abandon his people, you know, like, he will save Mm -hmm. them. That that's his thing. And yet, for some reason, Jack, at this point in the story, has accepted a ticket off the island without anyone any any of his people you know and i think 
you know, you could view that like from many different ways. Um, but I think it's hard to judge someone who is given that, you know, option to leave this island to not think the way Jack does of like, I'll leave and I'll figure out a way to save them once I've left, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll figure out something, you know, we'll figure out whatever, how to get back to the Island or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I just think it's kind of a bold move for the writers to, at this point in the series, just decide like, yeah, the hero is, is at a point where he's okay with just leaving. I think that's, I don't know. I just think that's a really cool storyline idea. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like how you bring up the ethics of it. Um, mm-hmm. Because throughout the scene, Jack is sort of, um, he's, well, it starts out with the, the question of uh, why, why did you come back? But it really, when it, once he reveals that, you know, he's leaving. He says, I, he, he kind of mumbles it sort of along there. Like he's saying, I can bring yeah. back help. It's our best chance. Sort of like it's tacked on. And I do mm-hmm. feel like that's really what it is. It's like Jack is the savior. That's his care. That's him. But it doesn't feel like it's really all that genuine here in this scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- when he whispers to Kate at the end, but I will come back there, but, but I will come back for you. You kind of do, you sense, it, it only happens after they have that moment together where they get close and he says, I will come, I wish you hadn't come back, but I will come back for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there is still sort of that impulse to save, even though he's lost his connection with Kate. Um, but he is, he's, he's sort of st- kind of stuck in just being kind of carried along here instead of being a proactive Jack, which I think that's kind of once this all blows up, no pun intended or pun intended. um, Mm -hmm. He, he, the rest of his season three arc is sort of him becoming proactive and, and his, his mission becomes to get off the Island, but he's doing it with the group. As opposed mm-hmm. to right here where he says, I'm not with anyone, Kate. Literally says that. Um, and that's why I see him connecting with Locke. And that Locke is also gone on his own. Mm-hmm. And both of them are just being at the whims of the manipulator. Because mm-hmm. Ben is like pulling the strings here. Jack thinks he's finally gotten gotten Ben to let him go. But he's never going to let him go. Yeah, as long as you're still playing by their by the manipulator's rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was this is kind of unrelated, but related to this scene. There was something that I noticed about the beginning of this scene mm-hmm. that I think they were like kind of conveying that I'd never noticed before, and I was wondering if you mm-hmm. had the same thought. Um, so at the beginning when Tom is there at the door and he kind of tells Jack he he says something to Kate like I didn't think I'd see you again so soon and then he looks at Jack and he says like uh be careful in here mm-hmm. and he like points at his head mm-hmm. I never realized 
he's like pointing as if to say they're listening in here mm-hmm. i think you know pointing to his ear like you know there's there's microphones or whatever and so like that's why partially why um i think it's also just like a a demeanor thing but whenever jack's talking about like i can bring back help and everything he drops his voice down low mm-hmm. um but i just thought it was interesting that tom that they they put that in there of tom giving that indication like there is a rapport even if they're still enemies between Tom and Jack enough for him to give an indication like, Hey, they're listening to you in here. Mm-hmm. I just think that's kind of an interesting dynamic, but I don't know if you had any thoughts about that. Yeah. I, th- I've always wondered about that too. And I think I, I realize. I mean, I like the way you're looking at it, but I think it's actually a lot simpler than that. It's just that the, 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 the lights in the room are low like the the lamps overhead if you look i realized uh-huh. that after he's saying just don't hit your head on the lights um is it really is that I what think it was that's it. i think I, i've i've puzzled over that for a while now for, for when oh, i watched it I'm so like, interesting what does he mean by, but that's really what it, they don't it's not clear and it's kind of distracting i like your interpretation more it's more fun <laughs> i think that's yeah i think they just needed tom to say something to jack there and he's like well just be careful on don't hit your head on yeah. the light but um it could be. Maybe it is bugged, but um, yeah, it's, that is It's unclear. just one of those, that and the, <laughs> why don't I get you some stones or whatever, yeah. you know, like <laughs> Tom's just got a couple weird lines here and there to, to Jack in particular, but <laughs> kind of weird. I think that Tom just might be a weird guy. You know, I think we're onto something there. I think we are. I think we are. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I think overall this scene is just kind of, it feels weird because it is weird. Um, it's it's where where we are with these two characters that clearly, you know, they had a connection. The connection has been severed by circumstances and different things. Jack has chosen the, the kind of uh, easy way out, basically. And uh, mm-hmm. Kate, after struggling to save him, is sort of that's at the end when she's left there in the pool hall, just kind of sitting there. You just feel it's like when Locke is sitting there with the in the wheelchair at the end. It's just, well, here we are alone and, you know, helpless again, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fortunately, we know it, it gets better. But for now, Kate is stuck and Jack is gonna maybe leave the island crazy will he leave the island what will happen to john will ben make more jokes will tom say another weird non sequitur all these questions and more answered when we return on (laughs) see you in another (laughs) life brothers after this welcome back to see you in another life brothers when we last left our heroes kate was alone Jack and Juliet perhaps were leaving the island, and Ben and Locke are still having some quality time. So let's see what these guys are talking about. Hmm. Well, in this next scene, uh, yeah, th- this next scene is fantastic for what we were talking about before about the the two of them kind of like 
getting it's the it's the John Mulaney joke. The that's the thing I'm sensitive about. That's what this scene <laughs> basically where, where Ben starts it out by talking about you had no business walking around and everything. I just I was down there and I couldn't bring it up and everything. And then Locke's like, wait a second. You're wondering why you haven't healed so quickly. And Ben's like, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Yeah. <laughs> and so he quickly changes the subjects and goes, are you afraid it'll go away, John? Is that why you want to destroy the submarine? Because you know you can't leave the island. You'll be back in the, ch- if you leave the island, you'll be back in the chair. And then Locke goes, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. You have anything to <laughs> I love that scene. It's, it's fantastic. Just firing shots at each other. And yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because that's it, pinpointing. Well, actually, Ben is really, he's he's not exactly right. Um, but at the same time, it's Locke is afraid of losing, you know, the legs and everything. But he's never, he's never going to go leave the island. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, he's, he's, he's getting at it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, uh, of course, the subject change. You got anything to eat? Mm-hmm. Great question to ask anytime you're uncomfortable. Hey, let's just eat something. Yeah. And I mean, wouldn't you ask that? You've been on this island for all these days, and now you've come to this, the suburbs in the middle of this island, and you're like, yeah, I got to get some something to eat, man. I mean, we had it in the yeah. hatch, but that was ha- that was Dharma, Dharma food. We need some real food here. Let's do this. And then, of course, he opens up the fridge, and there's a bunch of Dharma food in there too. So, <laughs> but a chicken, but still chicken. Yeah, a chicken. Which is something they haven't necessarily had. Yep. Yep. So it's all good. And so we'll get to that next. We'll get to Locke eating chicken in a second. But first, we need to talk about Saeed, as we mentioned. Uh, he's um, handcuffed to the playground equipment and just kind of laying low this episode for the most part except Mm -hmm. for this moment with alex and yeah this is a (laughs) this is one of those moments where you're like oh dude he mentioned he gets to see alex and so you you think about where where saeed's been and he heard about alex and finally actually getting to see her has to be a crazy moment for him Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I just I think the like the the way this scene is written is is so cool because um like it could have been cheesy but it's not, you know, like the uh the way he's just like you you're Alex, aren't you? You know, how do you know my name and because you look just like your mother. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. It's so mm-hmm. cool. Such a cool way to introduce to her like your mother is alive (laughs) you know like you've been lied to your whole life um Mm -hmm. and he just drops it right there you know Mm -hmm. um so like saeed doesn't get a lot to do in this episode but he gets one of the coolest (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know uh moments to to do so and then of course it wouldn't be an episode of lost without saeed getting you know injured or you know just someone punching him or something yeah yeah to keep keep quiet 
the uh the new despicable uh henchman uh henchman other guy <laughs> yeah i will say i think his name is ryan yeah ryan uh-huh. is the new danny uh yeah. it's official yeah yeah i mean we they, have to have a new danny at some point so we got him it was funny when we were when the episode when danny gets shot and everything as i was watching it i was like I was conflating these two characters in my head because I was like, oh, wait, he dies already? And then I was like, wait, of course, yeah, he d- he's supposed to die here. But wait, I feel like there's more stuff with his character. And it was just everything that happens with this guy. <laughs> you know, like, it was just kind of funny. No, it's just new Danny. Yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. Danny 2.0. Danny 2.0. The Rye guy. Ryan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Poor Saeed. We'll just leave him to be handcuffed to the playground. Meanwhile, back with Ben and Locke, we have the second of the three great jokes. Oh, yeah. How do you have electricity? We have two giant hamsters on a wheel. In the, in the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't have it exactly, but that's a great, that's a great joke. Delivered masterfully. Yep. And so Locke gets the chicken. Ben introduces it's we get to see Ben at work here it just the master manipulator sort of seemingly admitting his vulnerabilities here and that he you know or actually really telling the truth basically here that he has a problem with his people like they the submarine thing like um they need to know if they can leave if they want to. Uh, and the sub maintains that illusion. That's actually a Freudian slip there for a moment. Or like, I just like, <laughs> uh-huh. because Locke points it out right away. Oh, so you're lying to them. No, no, no. They're here because they want to be here. Kind of <laughs> peeling uh-huh. away the surface a little bit. These people are being held kind of captive by Ben Linus, basically, <laughs> as they're right. here. But um, he really does need a way to make sure that they stay and, Locke is primed to give him that, so he's trying to butter him up basically by being vulnerable, making it think, making him think it's his idea. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like Ben recognizes that, like, yeah. Obviously, if Locke succeeds, it's good for Ben. <laughs> um. So he he kind of just fans the flames it feels like with mm-hmm. with what he tells him about that um but then it's interesting how he just kind of starts to introduce you know the idea of like like i can show you things and all that stuff yeah bringing in the the mystery box you know idea um which was kind of funny how that that's like jj abrams kind of thing like the you know like that's something he talks about of like movies uh, mm-hmm. and stories he creates. He tries to have like, thinks of it like a mystery box and there's something inside. Like that's like a famous thing he talks about, but I just thought it was funny how they literally just made that a plot point in lost, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, something that is like his philosophy of telling stories. Like you need to keep secrets from people, um, from the viewers and everything. And they literally just were like, there is a box, you know, <laughs> Mm-hmm. but 
what yeah you bringing up the magic box um i do yeah i've always it's always been kind of a, a jarring point like a point that i was actually you know i was taking up notes on this episode up until i watched it a couple times until the last time i watched it i didn't do write anything really about the magic box but i think it's because it's like that just seems like such a weird thing yeah what i like about the magic box is Ben is trying to flex basically here. He's trying to flex and and sh- and 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 impress Locke with how he's connected with this island. Mm, like he's trying mm-hmm. to say like he, he even frames it earlier in the in the dialogue where he says a lot of my people aren't ready to make a full commitment yet, but you've made the commitment, John, and so have I, right? He basically implies that we're we're com- we're the committed ones. And I'm so committed that I know about the magic box, John. But later we find out the magic box. And actually this kind of ties into, I'm going to bring in the brig for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, Because in that episode, Anthony kind of, because he's the one, he's what came out of the magic box. Mm -hmm. And he reveals that to get, (laughs) getting into the magic box just meant the others caused a car crash and kidnapped him basically right. in, in Tallahassee and brought him to the island. So it's not his connection with the, the magic box is not his connection with the island. His magic box is very much the opposite of that. It's him still mm-hmm. holding on to the mainland and holding on to power. And, and he's very insecure. So he has to control that as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's complete bull crap. Like I know this, island. he really doesn't know this island. That's why he needs mm-hmm. all the, connection with the mainland because that's how he maintains power that's how the others maintain their power over the tales over the survivors by making them think that they're omniscient and they know everything about them when really they just found out because they have all the information for the manifest and stuff so Mm -hmm. it's all a sham basically right which is what's so cool about you know the fact that Locke just kind of shuts him down with the whole, yeah. you know, like, well, at first, was this the third funny line or is there another one I'm forgetting where he says, I hope it's big enough for you to imagine a, up a new submarine <laughs> in it. That's, that's Locke's one funny line. So yeah, yeah that has another one. funny line coming up later, but yeah, that's, okay. that's a great. Yeah. That's, an, that's like the ultimate, well, it's not the ultimate comeback because there's one more yeah. that Locke has, but that's a great comeback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, like building off of that though, he's like, you know, you're you're cheating, like yes. all of that stuff. You know, he's he's, and this to me is the moment where you kind of realize like why he would blow up the submarine. Yes. You know, he's explaining that like, you know, they're they're cheating. They're they're able to go and come and go as they please and everything. And they, mm-hmm. in Locke's eyes, they don't. They haven't committed to the reality of the island and what it truly is and this is where i think i don't uh, like there's a there's a weird ethics of (laughs) um Locke's decision to blow up the um submarine too like a twisted ethic of like in his mind it is the greater good to prevent people from leaving the island Mm -hmm. because they they don't know what they'd be giving up almost sort of thing, you know, like they, he needs to preserve 
what is here um and what is special about it um and not even the others uh or ben who has supposedly been here since he was born you know um realize what they've gotten um and you know then comes of course the great line with you know if you've been here 80 days how do you know you know Mm -hmm. um because i'm the one you're the one in the wheelchair and i'm not brilliant that's that's the ultimate comeback and one the line of the episode one of the lines of the episode for sure yes yeah but that uh, you're making me think kind of yeah Locke here we we get all this dialogue with him saying you're a hypocrite pharisee um you don't deserve to be on this island if you had any idea what this place really was you wouldn't be putting chicken in your refrigerator Locke's sounding like a Mm. he's very much a purist he's He's it's almost like an environmentalist or almost like a you know, he's yeah, he's like, I'm the one that just lives off the land, man. That's what it's really about. And it's interesting that you're saying like like re- his decision here is to like he's saying, um you you don't deserve to be on this island. I'm gonna show I'm going to force you to do it the right way. Kind of mm-hmm. like he was trying to force his dad to do the right thing. Basically he's trying to manipulate, manipulate the manipulator. Mm. Um, and that it, it, it's interesting to think about Locke here compared to where we saw Locke in season one, because mm. Locke in season one was also trying to show people the Island is a beautiful place. Like he talks mm-hmm. to Jack and he says, I've looked into the eye of this Island. What I saw was beautiful. He has moments with Shannon. He has moments with, with Charlie and different people where he is, he's, he's evangelizing kind of to look at this mm-hmm. in, in religious terms. He's doing it the right way. He's doing it by being in a relationship with people mm. here. He's become a religious radical. And instead of doing it in a relationship, he's blowing, literally committing acts of terrorism. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, Locke is, and and that's the that's the consequence of him being going off on his own. He feels like the he, he can't connect with anyone, so he's just going to manipulate ever. He's going to try to coerce everyone. Um. And he's also just stuck in that cycle because he's depressed in a way. Mm-hmm. Um. So when you look at it that way, it's it's very dark. <laughs> yeah, that's where we are. I mean, he's right. That's the thing about it. He's right that he's in a wheel. He's not not in a wheelchair anymore, but he's going about it the wrong way, basically. So you can give the man his yeah. legs, but you can't, you know, make him believe the right way. That's got to yeah. come from actually being with people, according mm-hmm. to the imperfect gospel of Lost. Hmm. Yeah. So that brings us to the scene where Ben, where Alex, Alex comes back with the pack. And then I love this moment where Ben, where Locke's going to go blow up the submarine. He's going to do it. But then Ben just to add one more. It's interesting that Ben just says, wait, John, if you, you don't need to blow it up. Um, but if you do blow it up, it, either way, it's, it's going to be fine. It's almost like he's just, at this point, he's just having fun. 
It's like mm-hmm. Ben loves manipulating so much that he's he's even going to show off of the fact that he he's going to give him more information, give him more reasons not to do it, and then he's still going to do it. It's mm-hmm. sort of like extra insurance, like reverse psychology type thing here. <laughs> like, oh, you really don't want me to do it? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm really going to do it now, sort of thing. Uh-huh. Is what we got going on here. Yeah, I I feel like him it is kind of it almost feels like a weird like a baffling like why would you give him more reason not to do it when you know that Ben wants him to do it um but i think there's also part of it that's like Ben wants to he thinks that Locke will still do it but i wonder if he is almost curious like will this will this affect Locke in any way if he knows that he's preventing Jack from leaving, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And just like seeing, like, I know he's still going to do it, but what does it, what does it matter to him if he's preventing Jack from leaving? And I, I, cause I feel like he, he's always so psychological and figuring out people that I feel like there's, there's a factor of it where he just wants to know, like, what sort of reaction will this induce in Locke if he knows mm-hmm. that he's about to ruin <laughs> Jack's chance of getting home? So, and he also just heard that whole spiel about how you know you you guys are cheating and how how much of a island radical Locke is, and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. you know what else? That, that does make sense now. That I think about it. It's like Jack really wants to leave the island, John. Oh no, yeah. now I really have to stop him. So that that yeah. makes sense too. Um, Mm-hmm. That's going to put him over the edge, even though he was already pretty much over the edge. Um, it's just that extra little push. Um, yeah. Like the Joker says, all he needs is a little push. <laughs> that was my Batman uh, Dark Knight reference. And a good one. Yeah. 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 So they leave. And I love this moment where Alex actually basically like, uh, dude, you know he's manipulating you, right? I mean, the toy, <laughs> sort of like, isn't it? Isn't it obvious to you, Locke? That's what my father does. He manipulates people. He makes it you think it's your idea, but it's his. Summing up, you know, the long con. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Locke says, "I'll have to keep that in mind." Is his response, and I love that. It's like Locke knows Ben is manipulating him, but he's he's still going to blow up the sub. Like Mm -hmm. that's how stuck he is basically. Like I just, I still have to just do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And that shows the danger of sort of continually to try to continually pursuing the manipulator. Eventually you you just get stuck in kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy of just being defeated. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'll keep going up against manipulator. He'll keep beating me. And it's almost sort of a comforting thing. Like, well, at mm. least I'm I'm in, at, at least I'm in an interaction with someone. Like, right? <laughs> he doesn't have any other connections. Ben Ben is sort of his best friend right now in a weird way. <laughs> right? So, well, and yeah. it's also like, you know, if Locke knows uh before he shows up at Ben's house, this is exactly what I am. This is the greater good. I need to blow up the submarine and everything. Yeah. Even if Ben would also like for the submarine to be blown up, 
that doesn't change the greater good for Locke. You know, even if his enemy also wants the same thing um, for different reasons, it doesn't change the fact that, well, no one's stopping me from accomplishing the thing I set out to do. You know, it's so, so it's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic of that where even even if Ben gets what he wants, Locke also still gets what he wants if he accomplishes it. So he's almost yeah. like saying to Alex, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I'm still accomplishing what I set out to do. So mm-hmm. doesn't stop for a second to think, is this the right goal? Yeah. Yeah. So Locke goes off to blow up the submarine leaving Alex alone. And we get a little uh, moment where, hey, is that a crazy French chick in the bushes? She got (laughs) snot coming down her nose. She's sad. That's always the card that I I just fixate on. Just the the one little. But anyway, uh, yeah, this moment is pretty cool. Like, (gasps) oh, yeah. Awesome. It's awesome. I wonder if they'll actually get to meet at some point. We'll see don't get that in this episode so nope so lock i think we can just summarize this next moment as lock goes down another hole and creates more problems for himself <laughs> and i think we've seen this before yeah i was about to say it's doesn't happen a lot but it's weird that it's happened as much as it has you know it happens a few times yeah lock goes yeah. down a lot of holes and makes problems for himself in this series <laughs> Just stop going down holes, Locke. Come on, man. What you doing? What are you doing? And that brings us to the ultimate... (laughs) Well, actually, no. We get... I was just about to say Jack and Locke. A Jack and Locke scene. But first, we get the third great Ben joke of the episode, which is, you don't knock? I just love that... (laughs) <laughs> the moment where Jack comes in and, and the timing is perfect he kind of turns and he waits for a second and then he says you don't knock uh, it's fantastic yep but we see Jack um, going off of what we just talked about with him and Kate He's he's still trying to be the savior but he's working within the rules of the manipulator. And he says, your friends are, he says, you need to let my friends go. And then Ben basically says, sure, I'll let your friends go. And he makes a deal with the devil, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. And the line, your friends are only here to rescue you, but you seem to be doing a good job of rescuing yourself is so apt and such a red flag Mm -hmm. sort of thing like, they won't arrest you, but you're just going to go off on your own. Never a good idea on this show. Yeah. Well, and I, I like how Ben is just basically... um, Like, it's just an interesting scene to see when you know everything that Ben knows. That they're not going to be able to mm-hmm. leave the island because Locke's blowing it up right now. But, um, yeah, I so I, I like that we know he's basically just kind of psychologically messing with Jack here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also that 
he gets to be a man of his word. You know, I will let them go just as soon as you've left the island. So, mm-hmm. you know, he knows that he won't have to let them go. <laughs> that little smirk on his face. He's just, he's having, Ben has so much fun in this episode. <laughs> yeah. This is, his, this is his just playground, basically. And you just want to mm-hmm. punch the dude, but you got to tip your cap at the same time. It's like, yep. this guy knows what he's doing. And that brings us to a Jack and Locke scene for the first time in the whole season. Here it is. Wow. <laughs> I know. They, they do. A, I, I love how they, they're they very economical with these moving forward. There's really very mm-hmm. few Jack Locke scenes the re- whole rest of the series, and that's very intentional. It's like, these two, mm-hmm. we're going to help each other. Things got in the way, and and then... They just separated and now they've never been able to connect quite mm-hmm. again. Um, and it's summed up in this interchange. What are you doing here, John? What are you doing, doing here, John? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would have lost it if he said it in kind of a weird way. <laughs> oh, what <are> you man. Doing, <laughs> John? <laughs> so close. Ugh. And then, I'm sorry, Jack. Is basically that that sums up basically just <laughs> Jack and Locke in the whole series. It's like, what are you doing, John? I'm sorry, Jack. That, that's it. <laughs> that's that's the dynamic. That's the dynamic. And then an explosion. So that's that's basically it. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's that's lost. What are you doing, John? I'm sorry, Jack. <laughs> lost. Um, yep. Yep. Locke still blows up the sub, and then the look on Jack's face afterwards is, uh, he, he gonna kill, uh, they cut away, but I'm like, is there a deleted scene where Jack just jumps on Locke and just starts beating the snot out of him? I mean, we get that later in the series, but, um, you feel like he pretty much wants to do that here. Locke does look like he's been roughed up in the next scene, so, uh, that's true. we assume that was the others, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's true. He could have been Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's a there's a deleted scene, but um, yeah, no, yeah. This this final scene, as you mentioned, with Locke once again, just like in the flashback, Locke is immobilized after everything blows up. He's left mm-hmm. uh, handcuffed to the radiator, basically, and uh, just completely hopeless. Um. And then his line to Ben, you don't have to pretend to be disappointed anymore. We know you wanted it to happen. That's why you left the C4 in Saeed's bag, because you wanted me to make it happen. And we see that that self-fulfilling prophecy, that learned helplessness that Locke has here, that Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing. He, he's just, mm-hmm. that's where this has gotten him. So that's that's the answer, basically, to try to go to fight against the manipulator by trying to beat at its own game is only going to lead to inevitable defeat, which is going to lead mm-hmm. to a cycle of continual, just you're never going to get anywhere. So that's not the answer. I think the answer that we're kind of, that's implied throughout the episode is all the opportunities Locke had to, to go the opposite direction, to go toward mm-hmm. people instead of away. But here we are. Mm-hmm. yeah it is kind of an interesting episode for like structurally 
it just Locke sets out to do something and he does it and um you know we're he kind of spells out the reasoning for it with Ben but there's also just a lot of ambiguity that allows us to look at it you know psychologically like you were saying you know like that Mm -hmm. there's kind of this cycle that Locke just goes through and I feel like that's even easier to see maybe when when you're viewing it in the context of the whole series like and and the tragedy of John Locke's (laughs) whole story you know um Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's it is an interesting thing to see of him just kind of submitting to the cycle of of choosing to make these bad decisions over and over so yeah and so ben diagnoses it basically saying you know you came to my rescue john (laughs) um and so and now that he has john basically now that he is has asserted his dominance over him i think this as they're walking down the hallway there um, and he's going to show him what came out of the magic box. He's sort of priming it. He's priming it here, obviously, where he's saying, um, I wanted to know what it felt like when your father tried to kill you. He's the reason you destroyed the submarine, isn't he? You were afraid. You were afraid of him. And this is the one place where he can't get you. Uh, he, he's doing this, you know, because he's about to show him his father. Uh-huh. And he's he's about... he he. He's trying to derail John Locke because, as mm-hmm. we see, Ben is actually very deeply afraid of Locke. And he says mm-hmm. here that um, when Locke says, what do you want from me? I don't know how it happened, but you seem to have some communion with this island, John, and that makes you very, very important. Um. And he tries to dismiss him by saying, you have no idea what you're talking about, of course, but in time you'll come to have a better understanding of things. So what do I want? I want to help you, John. In truth, what he means is I want to hinder you, John, um, because Mm -hmm. you are deeply threatening what I've got going on over here. And he's trying to be that Pharisee again by saying, you don't understand. Um, He's he, he's basically saying, this is your vision quest, John, what I'm about to show you, your father. You have to, as we'll find out later, you have to kill your father. Um, But it's really just, a, he, he doesn't think he can actually do it. So it's like, here you go, and you're never going to get out of that. So see you later. Mm-hmm. Now I can go and be the leader of the others without having to worry about John Locke <clears throat> again. Kind of like how his father mm-hmm. pushed him out the window, like... Now I can get be free of you. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah, I I think you're totally right. Because uh, it's all it's all a mind game. And especially because like. Like you were saying, he's kind of priming Locke in this scene, you know, for for the reveal. Because I, I don't really think. It feels like Ben is inventing stuff uh psychologically for Locke when he's saying you know like that's that's why you don't want to leave or whatever because you're afraid of your father and stuff and I'm like that's I don't think that's true (laughs) you know like I don't think I think Locke is angry at his father and all sorts of things but I think it's 
truly just that there's nothing outside of this island that matters to him anymore. You know, like this island is all there is for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But he needs him to be thinking about that when they, when he opens the door so that it induces more just trembling and, and lock, you know, like fear of like, what in the world is going on here? How is my father here? You know? So he wants to get him stuck with that manipulator again. So he doesn't have to worry about manipulating him anymore. Basically. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he I don't, I, I agreed with you with like, that's why, that's why you did it. Cause you were afraid. I'm like, I don't think that's why you did it, but yeah. Ben is trying to be psychiatrist, be a fake mm-hmm. psychiatrist and manipulate in that way there. Mm-hmm. And I think it's um, interesting when Locke asks why, and Ben says, because I'm in a wheelchair and you're mm-hmm. not sort of framing it as this is my way to, you know, become more, have a commu- greater communion with the Island. Mm-hmm. Ben is sort of, he's, he's sort of, trying to frame it in a virtuous sort of like, I, I really do care about becoming more in tune with it, but he really doesn't. He just wants yeah. to have good power on the Island. And that's mm-hmm. all that really matters to him at that point. So, uh, yep. Yeah. And then of course, Richard opens the door and what, 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 what? It's my dad. I, uh, of course, uh, before watching or before recording this, I had to consult uh, the all-knowing Lostpedia, mm-hmm. um, and they they pointed out, you know, they've got a section that's like a, uh, allusions to other episodes or connections and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was funny. They pointed out this is the third time in the series when there's been a twist of one character just saying "dad." Yeah, because <laughs> uh, Jack seeing his dad. <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, and then the on the computer with Walt, Dad, you know mm-hmm. that whole thing. And so uh, it's just kind of a funny, <laughs> random thing that there have been three kind of cliffhangers of Dad. Yeah, each season too, season one, season two, season three so far. Because uh, wow, season, yeah. so we'll have to That's see crazy. if there's a season four, Dad. <laughs> I don't know if there is, but yeah, if they keep that going. That's, That's funny. Really yeah, funny. I did think I did have that thought. I'm like. That feels like that's happened. That, that rang a bell. I'm like, yeah, I was thinking of the Walt one, but I forgot about the Jack one too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's a classic lock. The other... lost ending. Oh yeah. The other thing I was thinking about with this scene that is just kind of fun is, well, and and we'll have to. I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but uh, I was just thinking this is kind of a cool. Uh, interaction like first interaction that we see on the show of richard and Locke, yeah um although they've interacted before this you know which is kind of cool um that we'll get to see down the road of richard's interactions with Locke and stuff but um yeah i just thought that was kind of a fun thing to think of what does richard think about Locke in this (laughs) moment with everything he knows about him Richard's seen a lot of stuff, so this is not the weirdest thing he's it's ever true. experienced, but still, that's got to be like, yeah, I saw this guy way back in the 50s, and then in the in the 70s, and, or wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, <laughs> let's get to the time. Yeah, travel. I forget. Yeah. 
I've tra- he's tracked him his whole life, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I know John Locke pretty well. Um, now he's looking at me like I'm a stranger. It's got to be yeah bizarre. Yeah, it's just kind of fun to think of him knowing Locke's whole story and everything, and then first thing he says to him is, "You gonna do anything stupid?" <laughs> you know, because he knows John Locke. Cool. He's very familiar yeah. with John Locke, so he knows he does stupid things. That's his character. So, yep. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, but John Locke, we love you. We we give you a lot of crap, but man, deep down in my heart, I'll always, it'll always be probably. I mean, if not my favorite character, one of the top characters on the show, because he's. Oh, yeah. He's the heart and soul of Lost, even though Hurley's the heart and soul of Lost. Can we have two heart and souls of Lost? Mm, yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He's the boneheaded, lovable guy of Lost. <laughs> uh, he's he's a tremendous character. Just one of the all-time greats. Even, even with all the frustrations and... and the tragedy of his character like it adds to it it's just compelling to watch him all, all along the way so and of course incredibly well portrayed by terry o'quinn deserving of the emmy so definitely one of the better episodes of season three probably gonna be might be in the top five of the season uh but uh definitely up there for sure yeah and so we go from one of the best episodes of season three. Holy crap, we, we're here. It's we've it's done happening. It. We're gonna gonna have to watch Expose. I'm sorry I said is it. it. Uh, is it weird that I'm kind of excited? I am I, too. I I feel like that's been I episodes that i didn't think i would enjoy as much i've really enjoyed and episodes that were favorites i'm like uh you know i could take or leave parts of it and everything and so i am just really curious to see what happens with watching this episode i mm-hmm. i'm just very curious we will find out i i mean i'm thinking <laughs> I, I i'm i mean i know the ending i the visceral reaction I have to the ending, I don't think I'm ever going to get over that. But at the same time, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be fun. Nikki and Paolo, we'll give them their due. And then we'll be done yep. with them forever. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank goodness. Yeah. But anywho, uh, that'll do it for this episode. Thanks for talking Lost with me, bro. Always a lot of fun. Of course. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, And until next time, we will see you in another episode, brothers. Bye. Bye.